Well, after that result for Stanford on Saturday against USC, Cardinal now have a bye week to get all of that cleaned up. Maybe it's best that Stanford's next opponent is itself. Certainly Stanford's most formidable opponent against the USC Trojans last week. Breaking it all down, Stanford drops a 41-28 decision to USC in front of a national primetime audience. And we're taking you through it on this episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Podcast Network and presented by Bet Online. Great to be with you. I'm indeed Troy Clarity. Happy to be with you on Monday, September 12th, 2022. Yes, despite what we saw, and yes, that despite that final outcome at Stanford Stadium on Saturday afternoon and into the evening, that 41-28 result. Drop it, Stanford, to 1-1 one and one on the season. You're going to hear from Cardinal head coach David Shaw, Cardinal quarterback Tanner McKee, and Stanford safety Jonathan McGill. Their thoughts in the immediate aftermath of that game on Saturday evening. I, I, I loved Stanford's offensive game plan, but there was one position group that did not have a good night. And David Shaw says, what about the Cardinal defense? We'll, we'll, we'll dive into that as well. Plus three things you need to know uh, from Stanford USC. Who am I? I'm Troy Clarity. Hi, how are you? Hosting this show since 2015. Following Stanford football now in my 30th season overall of covering the card. Also in my ninth year of Pac-12 Network play-by-play. Had the call for field hockey. Number two, North Carolina making quick work of Stanford, unfortunately, on a Sunday afternoon. So that explains why this, this tree cast is coming at you a bit later uh, than I normally hope to bring these to you after games. But Pac-12 Network field hockey took precedence on Sunday. Always an honor to be on the call for that. And also later on this season, looking forward to getting my first season of college football play-by-play on the national radio side on the Compass Media Network. So a whole lot uh, in the bag this weekend and a whole lot to come for me personally uh, later on this fall. So should be fun and uh, should be exciting as we get deeper into the fall. I think a lot of those things still apply to Stanford football, despite the things that we saw Numerous turnovers for the Cardinal, especially in the first half as USC ran away from the Cardinal and hid and got the win. After the game, David Shaw summed it all up. There's some things that happened tonight that are really exciting and some things that are sitting in my stomach right now. We don't turn the ball over four times. This is a completely different ball game. Um, But against a really good football team, with those cats they got over there, we gave them too many opportunities. We're not in a terrible position right now. We're in an okay position with a chance to be really good. It's a chance to be really good. There's a lot of really good things out there. But we we lost the game to a good football team and uh, opportunity to make some corrections, make some changes, um, and uh, get back after it 10 weeks straight. David Shaw's assessment in the immediate aftermath of that contest. We'll give you three things you need to know from Stanford USC in just a moment. But first, this reminder that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. 
BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use the promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. BetOnline, where the game starts. I got a tweet at uh, one point in the first half on Saturday when Stanford and USC were in that end zone to end zone track meet. And that tweet said, no one's stopping anybody today. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. I had the tweet right back. Well, actually, Stanford's done a decent job of stopping itself. Touche, said the tweeter. And let's dive into it a bit more on three things you need to know from Stanford's loss to USC, beginning with number one. <laughs> And midway through the first quarter, USC was up 7 to nothing after an early interception on Stanford's third play of the game was eventually cashed in for the Trojans' first score. Stanford faced second and goal from the four. Tanner McKee rolled right, found Bryson Tremaine in the very back of the end zone. Touchdown, Stanford. It's about to be 7-7. Except, well, Tremaine's heel landed just beyond the back of the touchline. Replay showed it call overturned it. I thought it was complete for a touchdown on the replays that I had seen in the press box, but upon further examination, call was overturned. So incomplete pass. Third down, that was an incomplete pass as well. So Stanford went out for a field goal, but USC got called off sides. David Shaw brought the offense back out on fourth down. They converted the fourth down earlier in that drive. McKee's fade throw to Elijah Higgins, contested, tipped, and intercepted. 14-play drive resulted in zero points. David Shaw took us through that frustrating sequence through his perspective. I thought I saw grass between his foot and um, the white line. You know, that's just what I thought I saw. I, I couldn't get a close view, but on the on Jumbotron, and if that happened, it doesn't matter what the second foot did. Um, so I'm curious to see that for myself. Um, but they, they reversed it. Um, you know, we got a 6'3", 235-pound receiver slash F tight end one-on-one in the end zone, and we'll take that every single time. Um, ball bounce is funny. Well, bounced up in the air, and they got it. Yeah, it could have been 7-7. Instead, it was 7-0, and USC was going back the other way. Tanner McKee told us what could have gone better on that fateful throw to Higgins on fourth down. I think to Elijah, just put the ball outside a little bit more. I mean, he's, he's a big body, so letting him go use his body and go attack the ball. Um, so that's just one more thing that we're going to rep 100 times at practice. We're going to get it right. Tanner McKee, and from there, Stanford was playing catch-up the rest of the way. But not without digging themselves into some deeper holes before the end of the first half was done, which brings us to number <laughs> Four turnovers for Stanford last week against Colgate. Four more turnovers against USC this week, and all of those turnovers were absolute killers. McKee with two interceptions, one on the third play of the game and the other one in the end zone to end Stanford's second drive of the game. And Cardinal running back E.J. Smith fumbled twice. One of Smith's fumbles was at the USC 2. Shaw bemoaned not just the turnovers that the Cardinal committed, but, but when they came. You're taking away 21 points. At the minimum, those are two touchdowns inside the five-yard line and a field goal at minimum 17 points. Now, we could put 17 points on the board in the first half, different ballgame. You know, two tipped interceptions, both in scoring position, um, and then fumble the ball inside the five-yard line. 
I mean, that's the ball game. I mean, you don't come back from that against a good football team. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, by the way, Stanford's turnover margin so far this season, minus seven. That's actually dead last in the FBS. There are 131 FBS teams in college football. Stanford's number 131 in turnover margin by themselves. Against FBS competition, you can't turn the ball over four times and expect to win. Especially when the defense hasn't quite shown a knack yet for snatching the ball back. Speaking of the defense, let's wrap this up with number three. And at some point in the second quarter, I started looking through Stanford's record book to try to find the most yards it had ever allowed in a single game. Uh, for the record, that was against Arizona State in 1981. Sun Devils rolled up 743 yards against Stanford that day. Stanford, by the way, gained 693 yards in that same game. Good Lord, what was John Elway and that crew doing? It was clear right from the start on Saturday that Stanford's defense really had no answer for USC right from jump. USC scored touchdowns on its first five offensive drives, and it did not punt until eight minutes were left in the game. It didn't even have a third down until the final minute of the first half. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Not just a third. It didn't even get to third down. An 83-yard touchdown drive and a 98-yard touchdown drive as well. We have seen so many length of the field drives allowed by Stanford over the last few years. Cardinal front six, a non-factor, and the secondary suffered as a result. After the game, I asked Stanford safety John McGill what didn't go right in the first half. We kind of really didn't get lined up a lot. Um, you kind of saw it, you know, guys were, you know, running to spots, not really looking, um, understanding the call that, you know, what we were supposed to do. We also didn't really execute as, as high as we should have in the first half, um, you know, giving up, I want to say it was, what, 35 points in the first half, something, something like that. Um, so, you know, obviously we're not playing great team defense, you know, giving up 35 points, no matter the situation, turnover, sudden change, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the defense has to stand an opportunity to, you know, you know, either allow a field goal or, you know, have them attempt a field goal or, you know, get a chance to score a touchdown. So um, I felt like, you know, as a defense, we, we didn't execute as well as we should have in that first half. And it took us, as I said earlier, a long time to, you know, finally kind of get that groove, kind of get that understanding, but, you know, too little, too at that point. Yeah, John's right. There was improvement in the second half, but by that point, the game was too far gone. Those are three things. Statistics of interest uh, from the Stanford's perspective from that game. Stanford actually rushed for 221 yards. That's the, that's the most in a single game for the Cardinal in four years. You got to go back uh, to their result against Oregon State in 2018 when they rolled up 244 yards on the ground against the Beavs that day. Good win for Oregon State, by the way. Jonathan Smith going for the touchdown at the end of the game instead of a game-time field goal to go to overtime. Jonathan Smith for the win. Tanner McKee, 20-35 for 220 yards, a touchdown and two critical picks. Uh, intriguingly enough, McKee had 13 straight completions against Colgate in Week 1. He never completed more than four in a row against USC. EJ Smith, 88 yards rushing, but those two critical fumbles. Casey Filkins, 77 yards on the ground. And overall for him, 105 yards on 19 touches. I thought he had a very nice day. And Ben Urosik, uh five catches, 45 yards, but he also had a 50-yard run on an end around. So an impressive all-around day for Ben Urosik for the most part. Uh, EJ Smith, a little bit banged up. 
David Shaw pulled him after Smith's second fumble that came in the third quarter. He could have kept playing, but they didn't really see see a need to, especially with the bye week coming up uh, to try to get him completely 100% healthy. So EJ Smith did get a little bit banged up during the, during the course um, of that game. Uh, interestingly enough, Caillou Blue Kelly uh, spent the second quarter in and out of that game. He didn't play a couple of series um, in the second quarter, but uh, Caillou Blue Kelly um, did not or, or did not play the entirety of that game. Not sure if that was injury related. Uh, we'll try to get more clarification on that the next time that we talk to uh, David Shaw. Um, USC's offense is legit. They're they're legit. Uh, that that's that's impressive stuff. Uh, Caleb Williams, uh, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams with a shake and bake touchdown. Um, Travis Dye, Austin Jones got some playing time. The former Cardinal uh, running back. Man, they got skill guys. That they got more skill guys than they know what to do with. That offense is legit. Defense, eh, eh, it's not on that level yet. Not on that level. So Alex Grinch and crew still have a ways to go in that department. But USC's offense is legit. Um, Lance Anderson and the Cardinal defense have a ways to go as, as well. I, I think that we suspected that, I think, perhaps coming in to this game against USC and, and and certainly it's it's still very much the case maybe even more so now. I mean it was it was kind of tough kind of tough to watch at points throughout the first half. USC rolled up 366 yards and 35 points before the halftime break. Caleb Williams was barely breathed upon. USC receivers went off. They didn't throw at Caillou Blue Kelly a whole lot. But Caleb Williams did hit that 75-yard deep shot to Jordan Addison for a touchdown, and it was over Caillou Blue Kelly. That was one of the few times that Kelly got targeted, but, but uh, Jordan Addison certainly uh, got the better of that matchup there. So given those things, it was still kind of odd in the postgame press conference to hear David Shaw say this. Defensively, first half, we weren't terrible, you know? You weren't terrible. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. That kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit. But then I thought about it a little more. And then I realized what, what I thought Shaw was trying to say when he said that Stanford's defense didn't play terribly in the first half. Because when you, when you look at what that USC offense does and what Lincoln Riley tries to do, you know, confuse your guys, combine different concepts on the same play, get his playmakers in space, get them in one-on-one situations, and go from there. When you look at all of those things and the personnel that he has along with it, look, they're going to get yards, man. They're, they're, they're going to rack up yards. We saw this with Lincoln Raleigh in Oklahoma and, and, and the Big 12, which is a conference that is not known for defense anymore, especially now that Kerry Patterson's uh, no longer in the mix at TCU. But they're going to get yards. They're going to get points. So... In a sense, maybe Stanford didn't play terribly compared to what that USC offense is supposed to look like. Now, if Stanford had given up 35 first-half points and 366 first-half yards to Colgate, that would have been terrible. That would have been terrible. So it, it was kind of odd for me to hear David Shaw say that, but... I thought about it a little more, and I think that's what he was trying to say. Compared to what that USC offense tries to do, 
They didn't play terrible. They just didn't really make any plays. So in that sense, I, I got what David Shaw was trying to say. Later on in the press conference, I, I, I thought Shaw explained himself a little bit better. So, yeah, they scored five touchdowns and five possessions, but we gave them two of those touchdowns. It'd be nice to give it to them on a kickoff after we scored, but uh, we gave it to them. So uh, not saying defense played perfectly. I think we, it's a different game if it's 7-7 than 7-0. Than it's a different game if it's 14-14 instead of 14-0. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm not saying we played perfectly on the defensive side. Um, we just put them too many difficult, too, they got too many opportunities, got too many drives um, with the lead. And um, I think we had a better chance of winning the football game if it's 7-7 and 14-14. Um, and now you get a chance to play them straight. That's David Shaw. And, and look, all, all of that being said, and, and, and yes, it's true that they didn't get a whole lot of help from the offense, uh, that the defense you know, could have been in a much better situation on the scoreboard because, let's face it, USC's defense was not stopping the Stanford offense. But all that being said, it was still just – kind of an eye-opener once again, and I think a lot of maybe the suspicions that some folks may have had about the Stanford defense coming into this game may have been confirmed. I mean, we knew that that this defensive front was very young, still didn't know if they'd be physical enough to compete on an FBS level, and I think we still have question marks in that department. Very young defensive front, non-existent throughout the competitive for- portion of that game. Linebackers didn't have a whole lot to do. And that nickel secondary, which is deep and talented and still one of the better ones in the Pac-12, was just beleaguered as a result, chasing too many guys throughout much of the afternoon. And a lot of the questions that we had about the defense going into USC, looks like we still have them. Flip it over to the other side of the ball. I, I loved Stanford's offensive game plan. I, I really did. I loved a lot of the things that I saw. Uh, Stanford running tempo early on, breaking out empty sets. Ben Urosik's 50-yard end around coming out of an I formation and, and power personnel. And, and I love the aggression as well. Stanford going for it on fourth down twice early in the game. One worked. The other one, well. But the big wrinkle for Stanford was the slow mesh. The only other team in college football that we had seen run that to this point was Wake Forest. And the slow mesh is when the quarterback takes the snap out of the shotgun and he and the running back converge. But the quarterback waits and waits and waits till the very, very last moment, either to hand it off to the running back or to pull it back and pass it. Just waiting to see how the defense reacts. If they react strong to the run, he'll probably pull it back and know that he has a matchup to go to on the outside. We saw that time and time again uh, throughout the game. Or keep it with the running back if, if the defense isn't reacting to the run and let him get yardage. And it worked in a major, major way throughout the course of the entire part of the ball game. But, you know, it's a scheme that Wake Forest ran last year, but, but nobody else in college football had run until now. After the game, I asked David Shaw how that slow mesh came from Wake Forest and headed out to the farm. Had a chance to meet 
um, Coach Caldwell over this over the off season. Um, just met them and asked them about some things that they did, and um, they're very close knit there. Um, they don't give out a lot of information, so you know, he just gave me some advice. Said, "Watch the film." All right, so went back through, watched all their film, watched what they did, and said, "Hey, you know what? I think that could fit our players. Could fit our quarterback. It's similar. To, he did some similar things in high school with a little bit slower mesh than than most RPOs. So he was very comfortable with it. Um, great fit for our running backs, um, and." Opportunities to get our our, young, our outside guys one on one if the safety if the seventh defender gets in the box. So, um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm uh, happy with a lot of things that we did show today. Not happy with the turnovers, but that I thought did well. <laughs> who who says David Shaw doesn't evolve his offense? <laughs> so a neat little wrinkle that we had not seen from Stanford before, and it worked. Tanner McKee was pretty happy with it, too. Honestly, I thought it was great. Um, a good mix of, of pass and run. I felt like it was the most balanced we've been um, running the ball and and throwing, but mainly I thought it helped our run game a lot. Um, definitely stretches the defense, makes them um, change things. I feel like everybody knows that Stanford makes a lot of different calls and changes before the snap. So just solving them post-snap, I think, has been great. Yeah, it does kind of balance things out a little bit because you're just reacting to what the defense is showing you. If the defense is playing the run, then you pull it back and you pass. If they're playing the pass and dropping off, then you just keep it with your running back, and he goes and picks up 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 yards a pop. Pretty effective stuff. Worked well for the running backs. I think it also works well for the offensive line as well. But that wasn't the only new thing that we saw. As mentioned, I don't think we'd seen empty sets for Stanford. Certainly not recently. And the tempo and the no huddle in which Stanford was running, we hadn't seen much of that last year. We saw it early in the season, but but it was good to see that return into the Cardinal arsenal. McKee also noted how Stanford was successful in running no huddle and tempo and why those were parts of the game plan as I talked, as I asked him about it after the game. Try to throw everything at him, honestly, like you said, and um, had a few empty packages, had a few um, get up to the line, snap it quickly, um, and then our normal huddle, call the play, make adjustments. So just changing up the tempo, trying to catch them off guard. Um, they were changing so many things, try to keep their defense vanilla. Um, eliminate different subs or stunts, to things like that. So um, definitely changed up the tempo. Thought we did a decent job, uh, but definitely something that we can press the gas pedal on when we're trying to go fast or trying to go slow to really catch the defense off guard, have their guys on their hips, and explode off the ball. Yeah, it's Tanner McKee. Uh, and, and again, I, I loved Stanford's offensive game plan. The execution left a lot to be desired, especially in the red zone. And there was one position unit in particular that I thought really came up short. Stanford arguably has one of the best wide receiving cores on paper, certainly in the Pac-12, maybe right up there amongst one of the better ones in all of college football. A lot of talent there, a lot of speed, a lot of size, a lot of versatility. Mike Wilson, Elijah Higgins, Bryson Tremaine, John Humphreys, Moody Rubin, the freshman, Throw Ben Urosic in that mix as well. That's a that's an abundance, an embarrassment of riches in the receiving room. But unfortunately, those guys did not have their best game against USC. 
They did not win their battles against the Trojan defensive backs. Got a little bit better in the second quarter, but, but much of the game, especially in the first quarter when Stanford needed it most and needed to keep pace with USC, who was still within striking distance at that point, Stanford wide receivers did not win its battles. They did not break free from coverage. They did not win contested balls. One got tipped into the end zone, or in the end zone, rather, for an interception. McKee did not get a lot of help, I didn't think, throughout much of the game from his wide receivers. That was disappointing to watch. And that was something that I, quite honestly, was not expecting coming in. There was a decided size advantage for Stanford and the receivers over the USC defensive backs, but... But, you know, and, and hey, you know, again, I, I feel the need to remind folks at times the other team's trying to win, too. Right. You know, that give, give credit to Alex Grinch and that defensive scheme that they had. McKee didn't have a whole lot of room, but still, I thought he made some good throws, good enough throws to give his receivers chances to win those one on one battles that more often not they win. Not this time. Didn't happen. Thought the receiving room took a bit of a step back against the Trojans. Casey Filkins played pretty well, I thought. He played very well. I, I, th- I think he's got to be Stanford's short yardage guy going forward, at least at this point anyway. And depending upon E.J. Smith's health, we may see even more of him after the bye week. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find all that out later. Well, so what now? What happens now? Stanford's one and one. They lost a football game. And clearly since... Since we live in the times we live in, it's obviously time to, to rethink everything and, and, and hit the panic button and fire coaches and, and, and start from scratch. Clearly, that's the only path forward for Stanford right now because that's what you do after your team loses one game in college football, right? It's time to throw everything out the window. There's 10 games left. There are still a lot of things that can happen in a positive way for this squad. Granted, it's not easy, right? I mean, USC is going to be one of the tougher opponents that Stanford has faced, and they're already in the rearview mirror. At Oregon's not going to be easy. Utah's looming in November. Heck, at Washington, Stanford's next game on September 24th, that's not going to be easy either. I mean, you, 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 you can't just panic. <laughs> and start to just throw everything out, right? I mean, you you can do a lot of things with your roster in this day and age in college football. Look at USC for proof on that. But you, you can't add dudes midseason. You can't go out and sign guys and bring them in off the street, and all of a sudden you got the second coming of the uh, 2021 Georgia Bulldogs defense running around out there with five future first-round draft picks all in the same year. Can't do that. It's not how college football works. You got what you got. And Stanford has, I still think, a bright future, especially on the defensive front, but they got to get there first. A lot of youngsters. Jackson Moy, Zach Bucky, uh, Tobin Phillips has experience, but he's still on the younger side. Uh, David Bailey on the edge. I, I thought he learned some lessons throughout the course of that game against USC on Saturday. There's a bright future out there, but they, they got to get there first. David Shaw on the road ahead for the Stanford Cardinals. Got the bye week here. Got a lot of guys we got to take care of. 
you know. I did, uh, EJ came out a little bit late, had a couple of the guys get banged up. Um, the bye is so early, though, we still have to work. We can't just give everybody the week off. Anybody who's banged up, we'll, uh, we'll take care of them. Um, other guys, in particular younger guys, are going need to need to practice. And three good practices in, then we'll give the guys some time off. And then we're going to come back the following Monday. And, uh, and it's a 10-week stretch. It's a 10-week stretch that, if we play our cards right, should be one heck of a run. We've got a lot of the pieces. We've got to grow a lot. We've got to take care of the football. Um, if we can do that, it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, senior-laden team. And look, there's still a lot to like about the squad. Again, the mistakes that Stanford made, certainly offensively, are things that can be cleaned up. Without those turnovers, how much different does that game look? Those turnovers directly affected the outcome of that game. And I, I, I thought it would be a high-scoring game coming in. I didn't see how the USC defense could stop Stanford coming in. And, and in a lot of ways, it didn't. Stanford stopped itself. So there's a lot of good things that are still on the horizon for the Stanford, especially in the offensive side of the ball. Defense, I still got questions. Hopefully they get stronger and more wily as it picks up more experience, especially up front, and hopefully the secondary holds up. But there's still a lot of ball left to be played this season. We're only two games into this thing, man. And safety, John McGill thinks that even though the bye week is early this year, it's still coming at a pretty good time for the Cards. I feel like this is a real timely bye week. You know, USC is a great opponent. Um, they put a lot of stuff on film, a lot of things that, you know, were challenging for our eyes, for our coverages, um, and kind of gave us, you know, a way in order to, you know, continue to get better. They, you know, offense is one, probably one of the most complex in the conference that we're going to see. And so as a, as a back end and as a secondary and as a defense, um, we felt like it's going to be timely because we can really have an opportunity to really evaluate. You know, self-evaluation is huge, especially, you know, after a loss. Well said, as usual by Jonathan Gill. And yeah, perhaps it's, it's, it's fitting that, that Stanford's opponent this week is itself. There's a lot of work to do, a lot to clean up, and a lot that can be cleaned up as we start to really hit the stretch of the season with 10 games in a row. Thanks, schedulers. <laughs> this is what it is. As always, I welcome your thoughts and your input on Stanford football, anything that you saw against USC. Was that the last time that the Trojans walked into Stanford Stadium as, 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 as conference opponents? Hmm. Hmm. You got thoughts on anything you saw, anything that you have seen against or for Stanford so far this season? I always welcome your feedback. Hashtag TreeCast via Twitter. You want to give me the follow on Twitter, I always welcome those as well. Uh, at Troy Clarity, the last name is C-L-A-R-D-Y. Always, always encourage you to subscribe to the show, rate and review the program, react to the show wherever you converse with fellow Cardinal fans. Uh, really appreciate the feedback I've gotten actually walking around a little bit uh, campus before before the game. Got some uh, got some nice feedback from some folks and some appreciation. And I certainly appreciate those of you who, who who listen to the show and are a part of it. Hey, you're you're a part of this too, man. If you're a Stanford fan, you are a part of all this too. I'm certainly glad to have you along the ride. And uh, still looking forward, even with that result last week, still looking forward to seeing how things shake out. Next tree cast, not exactly sure when that's going to come. We'll play it by ear. 
Much of that, in all likelihood, will depend on whether there's availability uh, specifically for David Shaw this week. This is the bye week. So um, if, if that happens this week, we will certainly track that down and, uh, and, and bring that to you and react to, right, react to it um, if and when necessary. So we'll play it by ear. If we don't come at you again this week, we will certainly come at you next week as we start to preview Stanford's big-time stretch as they get on the plane and head up to Seattle. That should be intriguing. Always is. Until then, thanks to our post-game guests for their help with analyzing that 41-28 win for USC. I don't like saying that. David Shaw, John McGill, and Tanner McKee for helping us break down that game. Of course, the biggest thanks most of all goes to you for checking us out on this show. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for being with us on the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Presented by Bet Online and right here on the Believe Network.